a safe place to work out the kinks in any relationship. It's Passion with CGAD 800's Dr. Lori Batito. Coming up after 10.15, our therapist panel discusses dysfunctional relationships. Should you stay or should you go? And how do you go? And why is it so difficult sometimes to leave situations, relationships where you know they are uh, clearly toxic or dysfunctional? So that's coming up after 10.15. But first... Time to check out our inbox. Your texts are always welcome. Connect with Passion at 514-800. You can also email me anytime, Lori at drlori.com. Question number one, I have a huge problem. My penis is very, very sensitive. I come in seconds. Any thoughts? So I'll give you a couple of things that you can try. Uh, You can try using a numbing spray. So they sell these, uh, there's all kinds of sprays on the market, but basically they all have a bit of lidocaine or something that that's that numbs the, the, the penis. You can use a condom. You can use those both together. You can also do exercises to try to train your penis to last longer. So the very first step in, if we're going to go the exercise route, pay attention to what your penis is feeling. So a lot of people think that they should distract themselves, but that's the opposite of what you should be doing. You need to focus, focus, focus. Become aware of your point of ejaculatory inevitability that is the the moment of where there's no turning back basically Uh, now pay attention to just before you get to that point of no return and you need and that's at the point where you uh, you stop and then you resume again and then you stop again and you resume again so you practice this with masturbation stopping and starting. If none of these options work after you've done this for a while, then speak to your doctor, possibly uh, for you'd be a candidate for the use of medication and the medication that's used, not that there's any one specific medication for this problem for premature ejaculation. There isn't yet, uh, but there's medications that are used off-label. So they are known to work and they have been studied uh, in with, with this problem. So basically what you'd be using is a low-dose antidepressant, a dose that's not enough to treat depression, but just enough to induce the side effects. And the side effect is to delay ejaculation. So uh, so those are a few things that you can uh, you can try. I am a 20-year-old male who developed Peyronie's disease. This has greatly impacted my sex life, lowering desire and causing sex to be a strain. To put some background info for context, I'm in a three-sided relationship, myself, male, and two other women. We are all together equally, but my condition is slowly distancing me as it makes sex a frustrating topic for me. I can't always get an erection due to the pain or can't always make it to completion, which is hard on all of us as I used to be the guy that was up and ready for round two in a row and again later in the day. I was wondering in what ways might I be able to make this better on all of us. So I don't know what happened to you. Like Peyronie's disease basically is when uh, the penis has a significant bend in it, which uh, usually creates a difficult erection or painful erection uh, or causes some form of sexual dysfunction. And it is caused by basically the formation of scar tissue that builds up in the penis. But this usually happens 
with an injury, oftentimes a repeated injury to the genitals, whether uh, it could be a rigorous sexual activity where you go in but you kind of miss and it, it takes a bend, for example, uh, and that can create scar tissue or some other accident. And some people don't even, can't even relate, like relay it back to something specific uh, that happens. So I'm not quite sure. Uh, so what, what you need to do about this is have it evaluated by a doctor. That that's number one. It has to be looked at by a medical doctor. I'm not a medical doctor. Uh, you need to, and have it examined. First of all, uh, the treatment may involve, uh, medication. There's medication that can break down the, the fibrous tissue buildup in the penis or uh, you might be, your doctor might suggest uh, you do some kind of exercise, which would be to slowly and consistently bend it the other way, which I imagine can be painful as well. Uh, and then there's a, an invasive treatment, which would be surgery to remove um, the scar tissue. So there you have it. Texter writes in, if my math is correct, in a few days, Passion will be 20 years old. <laughs> Congratulations from a fan. Actually, we turned 20 in, uh, our official date is in August. Usually mid to, to late August is when I calculated it. And we, that's when we started our nightly anyway uh, in 1999. But if you're really calculating, like when Passion Passion started, it probably started before that because before we went to five nights a week, we were actually on for two hours once a week for uh, a few months. So we're actually celebrating the nightly version of it, technically. So technically, it's older. We've already passed our 20-year mark, probably. Um, do I have time for one more? I have time for one more. All right, let's get to the point. I have cerebral palsy, which means I'm in a chair. Uh, dating is challenging for me due to lack of ability. Social situations are difficult because how can we tell the difference when somebody is just your friend or wants to be more than friends or you just want to, you can be, or do you need to be subtle or can you just say after hanging out with someone for a while, are we dating, are we girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever, and then have a discussion about sex and how important it is to me. Just because I have a disability doesn't mean I don't want to uh, have sex. You're absolutely right. We all have our sexual feelings despite uh, our disabilities. It doesn't matter. That, that has nothing to do with it. And unfortunately, there is a bias. Again, like there's these belief systems that, you know, if you're handicapped somehow that you're not sexual or if you're old, you're not sexual. And that's just not true. So being handicapped does not mean that you are not a sexual being. But as for dating, I'm not going to lie. A disability might complicate things. That's uh, quite true. But I do believe that if you are interested in someone romantically, then you should say so from the get-go. Like be able to say that you're looking for a romantic partner, not just friends, that this is what you're looking for. So if somebody interests you from the beginning, you might want to talk about that, about, uh, about dating and, and that the purpose of going out is for a date, not just to hang you know, and then you slowly build, you, you build this interest or really deep, in, deep inside you're thinking, oh, I would like this to go further or I'm more interested uh, and then find out that uh, all this time the other person, they thought you were just a friend. So I say do it from the beginning. And there are actually dating 
websites for people with disabilities. I don't know if you know that, but there are dating websites for people with disabilities. And so I do think that it talking about it up front is, uh, is probably your best bet. Okay, last question. When I get to sleep, I used to think about sex. And during sleep, I used to get some dreams about sex. And in my dreams, my penis automatically leaks sperm. Why is this so? Uh, first of all, this is what we call uh, a nocturnal emission or a, uh, a wet dream, which is ejaculating in your, se- in your sleep. Perfectly normal occurrence, typically associated with adolescence because of the hormone fluctuations, but it can also occur in uh, in adult men and women. Women can have wet dreams too. Obviously, the ejaculation is there, but they can have an orgasm in their sleep. They can have lubrication in their sleep as well. Uh, men do tend to be more prone to wet dreams because men tend to have several erections throughout the night. Uh, and you'd be interested to know that not all wet dreams are associated with erotic dreaming. So it, it might... You may not have had an erotic dream for this uh, to happen. Coming up, uh, Sandra Reese, Rebecca Putterman, and Stefan Bensusen, our therapists, uh, join me. So you've got four therapists in the house talking about dysfunctional relationships. Uh, we're going to talk about one specific situation from one of our listeners. It's a situation you've heard us talk about here before, but I just got an update. I want to share it and have our therapists weigh in as well. From the pleasure and the politics to the hang-ups and the heartbreak, you're listening to Passion, CJD 800. I have a very painful story to share with our listeners, and it's a, a painful situation from one of our listeners. And if you've been tuning in the last month, you've heard snippets uh, from this gentleman who's been writing to us about his wife. It, it actually sparked a few different topics because we talked about romance scams, uh, which this clearly seemed to be. Uh, and uh, we talked about boundaries and consequences. I think he called in maybe last month on our ther- a therapist found, but he just wrote me an email with an update. And I, I figured, you know what? We're four therapists here in the room. Let's see what we can do. Four different approaches. How can we lead him down the right path? Uh, so I, I'm hoping. Sandra Rees, she's uh, with us. She's a psychotherapist and the clinical director of the Montreal Center for Anxiety and Depression. Rebecca Putterman, who is a psychotherapist in Montreal. Stefan Bensusen, a health psychologist and founder of Psy Santé. And me, a clinical psychologist specializing in sex and marriage counseling. All right, here is the question, and I invite our listeners to contribute to this. I figure it'll be like a, a therapy session, but multiple therapists, one one client kind of thing. Uh, and it's possible we'll reach other people who may experience a lot or similar similar things. So my wife and I have been together 37 years Uh, See, this is the piece I had not known from before. As I told you before, I found out she has been in contact with a 24-year-old guy from Nigeria. She was sending him money, small amounts, 200, 600. Then she took out $5,000 so he could come to Canada to meet her. I managed to stop her from sending the money, but she decided to use that money 
to go to Nigeria. In the meantime, I booked a cruise to Bermuda with our four kids. So I'm assuming the kids are somewhere in their, well, they're adults. They've got to be adults, right? Uh, that was to leave the day she came back. And then I did something really stupid. I tried to commit suicide. I thought if I was dead, she would have to cancel her trip and she could take my place on the cruise to rebond with the kids. My son found me and they brought me to the hospital and I was there for a week. I got out the day she left for Nigeria, uh, July 20th. Because of medical complications, I had to cancel my cruise. So now I'm home with the kids. I'm on a leave of absence from work till the end of July. My wife is coming back this Saturday and I have mixed emotions about her return. I don't know what her state of mind will be when she gets back. I would like to hear from your audience their opinions on how I should handle her return. I'm seeing a psychiatrist at the present moment to help me try to deal with these issues and just telling my story seems to help and hopefully it will help someone else. So I think he wants to know if we just answer his question because this multi, multi-layered uh, situation here, clearly complicated, um, how sh he should handle her return. Now, Sandra and I taught last month, I think you and I both talked about boundaries. Like this is a clear, um, no boundaries kind of situation, right? Yeah, I, th I think it's, it's fraught with all sorts of pain and boundary violations. So first of all, I feel for him. Um, the question of how to handle his return comes back to boundaries and consequences because um, one has to wonder what the goal is here. If she's having a relationship with someone in Nigeria, is he trying to re-engage a relationship with her? Because that feels like she crossed a line. Oh, yeah, I would say so. Yeah. I would say so. So I think that the relationship he has with himself right now is going to be very important about, and we did talk about that, about respect being a very important part of keeping love alive. And this doesn't feel respectful from where I sit. Not at all. Rebecca, mm -hmm. what do you want yeah. to add to this? So I think, you know, unfortunately, you had a lot of pain in you to consider taking your life. And I think if we wanted to look at that subject, I mean, definitely what both Sandra, Lori and Stefan will add to it is that boundaries have been crossed. And we hear mostly uh, regularly scams that happen with people from other countries who are wanting money, credit cards, companies are always asking for money. And we all know uh, we all need to know when not to fall for these scams mm -hmm. and that his wife fell for it. There's something lacking for her that it was so easy for her as a woman, probably after being married. If she's 37 years married, she's in her 50s. Right. To have a 24 year old. Right. Contact her and her go to visit him. And then the marriage is something might be lacking in the marriage. So as Sandra had said, and you're saying is. He needs to focus on what's important for him right now and how he needs to work through this. I think that's a good point is what is important for you and what do you want? Mm -hmm. Forget about what she wants or she thinks or she's doing or her state of mind or her relationship to the kids. That's... Like this is where my, my uh, for me, I reacted right away to when I read this is that the, the suicide attempt when he says, I thought if I was dead, she would have to cancel her trip and would take my place. Like, what kind of a sacrifice are we talking about here? And, like, there's got to be something that's not right 
to have to go that far because that's not a boundary. That that that's I'm not sure what that is to tell you the truth. Stefan, do you want to weigh in on this? Sure. I mean, we we unfortunately there's so many scams that are happening out of Nigeria, and a lot of people are getting involved and getting caught, and they're just very good at convincing people of certain things that they should do. And they start being very friendly and casual, and then next thing you know, they become your friends, they become intimate, and they ask for things. And so she got kind of pulled into this story, unfortunately, and as as many, many Canadians and international people have gone caught into. And, and it, what's upsetting to me is that, that not enough is being done to stop these things, these predators from happening, from contacting mm-hmm. and from reaching out. Um, for this man, I think... One of the things that I would invite him to do is to is, is to call um, the, the fraud division of of, the, of mm. the Canadian Armed Forces or not Armed Forces, but there there is a this fraud division be, right, of right. the Royal RCMP. And that's one thing, and there is support for them, and there's financial support, there's psychological support for them, for people who have gone through that kind of um, scam to be able to support the family, not just the person who's involved. Huh. Um, I'm wondering also what the kids are all going through at this point. But I think um, we're going to speak to Daniel after 1030. So Ooh. after the news, uh, Daniel, who wrote who wrote us, is going to speak with us. And so we can ask him whatever Great. question we want to try and clarify uh, this situation. And it's a little bit of a different kind of therapist panel that we're clearly uh, engaging in tonight uh, because we're focusing on one, one person and one issue. But I think that with our different heads together and our different approaches, maybe we can get to at least the, to be able to give him a better direction as to where we go with this. Right. Um, is your email guest African? The person wants to know, does he have spiritual belief beliefs that inform his odd way of relating to his wife? Hmm. That's a good question. Daniel, you'll let us know about that. I don't know if there's something, um, cultural with that or, uh, what, what keeps you there? I think one of the big questions that I have for Daniel is what keeps you in a relationship where clearly your partner has zero respect for you, for the marriage, for any of that, for your finances together, for, um, you know, and, and also the children. How are the, the adult children coping with this? And how has nobody been able to stop her from, from going all out and like actually traveling there? And you know, has she made contact with anybody here? Like, I would think the dangers, I would be worried about, you know, kidnapping or or something going on. So that, I think there's, we probably have far more questions than, uh, but we'll try and get some answers. So uh, Daniel will join us and share with us a little bit more, and hopefully he will answer uh, some of our questions and, and we'll get him on the right track. It's our therapist panel tonight, Sandra Reich, Rebecca Putterman, and Stefan Bensusen and myself. So four therapists in the house here to help you. And if there's any other issues that you have, uh, we'll discuss together. And, and one of the other things that we will discuss generally, just generally speaking, is how to know when it's time to go. Mm-hmm. Like that's a big one. How do you know when it's time to go? And how do you how do you go? How do you do the going? Because a lot of people feel stuck and and feel almost imprisoned by the the situation they're in. 
Passion with Dr. Lori Batito on CJAD 800. It's our therapist panel tonight. Let me just recap the situation we are discussing. Uh, Daniel has written to me on numerous occasions. I keep getting updates. Uh, Him and he and his wife have been together for 37 years, and he found out, uh, I'm not sure exactly how long it's been going on, but she, his wife has been, was in contact with a 24 year old guy from Nigeria. She started sending him money and then now is there. She's coming home next week. So she actually went to Nigeria. I have no idea what's going on. Uh, but the situation got quite complicated um, with a suicide attempt on Daniel's part. And uh, he has four kids, uh, four adult kids. Um, but he's on the line now. So I want our therapist to ask whatever questions are necessary to be able to help Daniel. Hi, Daniel. Hello. Hi. Well, I can tell you we all feel for you. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, but we do have questions. Okay. We do have lots and lots of questions. Uh, first of all, you have adult children, right? Yeah, I have. Uh, well, my oldest is 25, and she has Down syndrome. Okay. So I have a 22-year-old son, a 17-year-old son, and a 15-year-old daughter. All right. So they're actually relatively young, not, not really adult. Uh, so how is this all impacting them, by the way? Well... For my uh, my oldest one, the Down syndrome, she doesn't really un- she's uh, she doesn't really understand. She knows right. her mother's in Africa, mm-hmm. but she thinks she's visiting a friend there. Okay, and, and she keeps asking her to send pictures of Africa. Okay, she has she been in contact? Has the has yes, your wife has, been in contact? Yes, yeah. yeah, she's so in, she's uh, safe. Text to all the kids and okay. actually send me text also. She's sending you texts. What is she yeah. sending you texts about? I'm curious. Uh, just to say if she's okay, and, uh, what she, you know, um, that she's okay at the hotel. There's no problem, and uh, uh, you know, very banal conversation. What she had for supper, uh, what she did that day, and uh, so um, she keeps contacting you as if, as if nothing, as, as if, if what she, on, as if she's on vacation. Right, and here she is with some guy over yeah. there. Yeah. Okay. So I think people are very confused and are going to are all asking themselves the same question. I'm very confused too. Well, the question is what keeps you there with this kind uh, of behavior? Uh right now, it's more a question of finance. Um because I um only work part-time and we that was an arrangement that we had so that because she was working full-time and her job she takes her an hour and a half to go to her job in the morning and an hour and a half to come back at night. So she's the main breadwinner is what she's you... She's the main breadwinner, and uh, I was the one who would, because of her travels, uh, she was always tired, so I was the one who would uh, make the supper, take care of the lunches, and uh, also uh, if there was any uh, uh, rendezvous during the week or appointments, I would be the one. I had more flexible schedule, so I was mm-hmm. the one doing all this. I just want to share some of uh, the texts that are coming in, if I, if I can, sure, for no you. Um, I'm confused here. This is a no-brainer. A person who is arrogant enough to indulge and gratify their proper selfish feelings at the expense of their lifelong partners with such utter disregard doesn't deserve any degree of consideration whatsoever. The answer is simply run as far away from her as possible and concern yourself with getting personal help, thereby respecting your proper feelings and integrity and moving forwards, as opposed to wasting energy worrying about how to deal with someone 
whom should at this point should consequently be your ex-wife, rather, considering her disrespectful arrogance. I'm thinking a lot of people feel that way, Daniel. Yeah, yeah I know. So yeah. you need... It's, yeah, I know. Like I said, it's more of a question of finance that... Uh, that, you know, um, well, you can go see a lawyer, and if it, if really what keeps you there is money, like she, if she's the main breadwinner, she has to continue to support the kids, and there's yeah. there's mm-hmm. provisions for that, and and there's mediation available to for you free. as well for we, free we, with children under eighteen years old. Yeah, we have started the mediation process. Okay, uh, but again, as it is right now. Uh, I'm not working now, so I have no income coming in at all. So uh, that's my biggest concern right now. And and the thing is, Daniel, if you have no income, then, like, I can understand your worry and concern of how will you make it financially. Truth is, she's just taken $5,000 out of the account, and the disregard for the finances of the family is quite apparent. And there are ways for you to maybe get re, you know, reintegrated into the workforce as the kids are getting older right now their needs aren't as apparent and there may be some ways you can start earning your own money so the dependence on her just for finances well yeah that's the, uh, that was my plan to yeah and there's social workers job, that, but as of right now okay but you understand you understand yeah. this nearly killed you right you understand oh, yeah. that right i mean yeah. uh, clearly you said it yeah. in your letter so it cannot be about the money. You have to save yourself, Daniel, in all of this. Sandra, what do you want to add well, to Daniel? Really, I think you just said something that I was feeling, which is that money is one kind of currency, uh, but there are many kinds of currency in life. And the cost to you, Daniel, what is the cost to you of this situation? It's, uh, it's just eating me up. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's immeasurable. And no, exactly. Yeah, so I think that Rebecca has given you some ways to go to find uh, an avenue to get back to work and to slowly start making a plan for your future because the cost here is much higher than any money could ever be. I agree. And not and if you see a lawyer, uh, you know, legally, y- your wife, because she was the, the main breadwinner, you have access to income. Like, she will be obliged to help support you until you get on your feet. Mm-hmm. And if I could just say as a motivation that your kids are watching you. Yeah. And that's a motivation right there. Is Sometimes we can't find our self-esteem to do it for ourselves. But when we remember that our kids are watching us, it gives us a certain amount of strength, mm-hmm. which could help you right now. Yeah. Stefan, what do you think? It sounds to me that, first of all, there's two pieces here that are important to address. One um, you do need some professional support, um, some counseling, someone on your side to kind of help you see clearly through what's going on because it sounds like she's manipulated her way into a lot of things and you're getting the short end of the stick and, and you're feeling frustrated and unfair. But this is possibly a pattern that's gone on for a long time for her and you. So that's something that I would encourage you to get some some professional support as soon as you can to help you clarify what you need to do. Um, as for your wife, there, there's something there that's causing her to do this. And I, I'm trying to wrap myself around understanding why would someone do such a thing. Yeah. Um, well, um, what I, the thing I was rem- with the most clearly remember is uh, uh, last year uh, she had hurt her back mm-hmm. and she was out of work for uh, five months. Mm-hmm. 
and she couldn't go to work and she couldn't do anything. She, her back was so sore. She was the, she couldn't do anything in the house. So she was on medication, and all she could do all day was just basically try and find a comfortable way to sit around. And all she do was it was on her iPad the whole time. Yeah, but you have to be careful not to fall, fall, feel sorry for her. No. Um, she's gone through difficult times. There's, there's yeah. emotional issues and stuff, but there are boundaries, as we've all said this evening, mm-hmm. that someone cannot cross if you have if you have a commitment of marriage like this. Yeah. So we encourage you to get the support that you need, and hopefully she'll be able to find the clarity to find herself and to find out exactly what she's looking for when she got herself into this whole situation. Yeah. But but really saving yourself right now so that you have the strength to to be a dad and to be there for your kids, mm-hmm. because th- this is the most important thing. You need to s- be alive to be there and be an example to your kids and take care of your kids. Yeah, right. No, I understand that. But like I said, it's just uh, I'm 60 years old. I'm, I'm I cannot. I've been. Uh, out of work since 2012. I've worked part-time, mm. and I just cannot seem to find a, a full-time job. Right. I, I think we all we all hear you on that, and it's not yeah. an easy situation. Yeah. But because you were the stay-at-home dad, for the most part, you mm-hmm. have legal rights, yeah. and you need to be able to see a, a lawyer for that who can advise you uh, advise you properly. So uh, thank you for sharing this with us, Daniel. Uh, Coming up with our therapist panel, we'll talk about when to go and and when to stay. So you'll want to listen in and and maybe hear about how people can leave uh, relationships, and then I'll share some of the text messages. So we wish you only the best, and uh, and hopefully you'll get the help that uh, that you need to extricate yourself from this kind of situation, Daniel. Thank you very much. All right. Good luck to you. I appreciate everything. All right. Good luck to you. Bye-bye now. A safe place to work out the kinks in any relationship. It's Passion with CGAD 800's Dr. Lori Batito. Our therapist panel tonight that includes Sandra Reich, Rebecca Putterman, Stefan Bensusen, and myself discussing uh, clearly what is a dysfunctional relationship, one that seems to lack some boundaries. And Daniel's story is is, is heartbreaking, actually, um, after 37 years of marriage. And uh, I don't know if you just uh, if you're just tuning in, but his wife got involved with someone from Africa at the age, uh, who's 24 years old so she's got to be at least double her age his age and she's there she went to Africa after sending having sent him money and then he's here with four kids and he doesn't know how to leave because he's dependent on her financially and it's a a pretty messy messy uh situation so i have a few uh texts here uh, go fund me so there's a lot of people who do GoFundMe pages to help them out. Okay, that's someone. I never stay with someone because of money or kids, this texter says. Uh, I disagree with your therapist's opinion. It's not up to the victimized person to concern themselves with protecting their proper perpetrator by inv- investigating the legitimacy of their cheating partner's relationship. I think that you were just saying, mm-hmm. Stefan, about reporting yeah. uh, reporting this. I, I don't think that that's the main, the main thing that we're mm-hmm. uh, concerned Promoting. about, but you know. There's it, support out there. That's why I brought it up. Yeah, exactly. It's because there are organizations out there that will offer support for the victims, but 
your wife isn't the only victim of fraud of 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 the scam. So are you right. in the end. So this is where um, that was brought up. Uh, just ask for help. You'll get money if that's what you need. Another text writes, Daniel is 60. He can choose to take a Quebec pension early if eligible. That. So that's something also. Okay, that's a good uh, a good little tip. Uh, and then this texter says, Dr. Laurie, it might help many of us if you and your panel describe good boundaries. So today we saw an example of uh, where there were not great boundaries, clearly. Uh, so Sandra, you're like the boundary queen. Let's talk about <laughs> boundaries for a bit. Well, I think that, uh, first of all, boundaries are in the eye of the beholder. So you have to decide what, what, where do you draw the line. So the first question I would put out there is you have to ask yourself, what are the things that would not be acceptable to you in a relationship? Because we're all different, all of us That's even true. sitting here. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you get that feeling in your stomach when someone's crossed your boundary and it doesn't feel good. And the question is, are you going to stand behind your boundaries? So people usually have an idea of what things they draw the line on, but they're not always good at standing behind it and that's the respect part and a lot of us grew up thinking love is everything I know I was taught a lot about love not as much about respect but actually love without respect dies right so we need the, we need the boundaries because we need to keep respecting each other and self-respect like part Absolutely. of that is you lose that self-respect or that that sense of integrity when you allow another person to keep stomping on your boundaries yeah, and on your little by you know, little you lose yourself Exactly. Um, Rebecca, do you want to add to that? Yeah, um, I think, as Sandra said, and as I had said in the beginning, sometimes we say, well, what do you need or what do you want? But I think what's better to ask yourself is what's important to you. Mm. And when you ask yourself what's important, there's, no pre there's a pressure when you say, what do you need? What do you want? Mm -hmm. well, what do I need or what do I want? It's more what's important to me and how I want to live my life. Right. And then once you decide what's important to you, as Sandra had also said, like, what your intention is, then you can ask that of the person and you don't allow them to cross that boundary. And with every cross boundary needs to be a consequence. Mm. I think yeah. that's the part that people forget. So that's the standing behind your boundary. If you do not, then a person can keep crossing that boundary. But if nothing happens as a result of that cross boundary, they you're just teach, you're teaching them how to treat you. So they know that I can cross that boundary. You're not going anywhere. You're not gonna, you know, it's okay. I can do this. And then but often and this ends up in a cycle where you actually lose respect for the partner who's not standing up for their own boundaries mm. at the same time. Stefan? Yeah, it's, I, I think it's important to understand our own boundaries, but I think it's important to clarify and to speak them out. And sometimes we mm -hmm. think what we know, what we believe is our boundaries, other people should know these are my boundaries as well. But right. if we haven't really communicated that, mm, that might not necessarily be the case. What I do with some of my couples is I get them to actually write a contract. What are your boundaries? What is acceptable, as Sandra said, and what is not acceptable? Where is crossing the line? What is the line? How far can we push? And then have both parties agree to this little contract and then everybody's uh, is clear right well this is right and part of part of marriage counseling and what have right. you it's like bringing out the all right where where are where's my line where's your line That's and you were right. saying it's it, it it can be very different for many people fidelity infidelity would be a huge crossing of boundary and for mm -hmm. somebody else they might an open relationship is what they have. So that's mm -hmm. not the same kind of boundary or it looks different. It looks different. Uh, a couple of other texts. Uh, this person writes, I believe the elephant in the room is depression. There's no question there's, I, I think, 
we sense the depression in Daniel as well. I mean, he's seeing a psychiatrist now. There was a suicide attempt. I think that kind of goes without saying, or we should say it. But yes, there is definitely a, a, it sounded like an underlying depression that also has to be dealt with. And it's true. When somebody is dealing with depression, it's harder to, like, it's overwhelming to have to deal with all of these moving pieces. And, and it just seems yeah. like such a huge mountain to climb. So I get where Daniel may be coming from, which is why we suggest very strongly mm -hmm. to have a support system in place so that there, people are holding you up and people can guide you and people could be there to, so that you do not feel alone in, in, this, whole, uh, in this whole process. And I think just to add the Suicide Action Montréal, there's a mm -hmm. hotline for any people who have thoughts of suicide. There's TRECOM, which is a crisis center that help people. So, you know, whether you don't know or you don't feel that you could share it, there's also hotlines and emergency rooms that you can always visit. Right. Um, somebody says, Hi, you can't expect anyone to respect you if you don't ultimately respect yourself, which, yeah, makes sense. Uh, another text writes, she probably thinks he's a coward for trying to kill himself. So there's another, you know, uh, like, is that a, a respect, uh, a kind of a respect thing? Does she see him as weak? Like, it it all, suicide like, isn't it's all, a cowardly and, act. Exactly. It's, that's the whole thing that's important. It's exactly. not a cowardly act. It's right. an act of... A desperation. Exactly. It's an act of desperation and an act of extreme yes. sadness and hopelessness. Exactly. So, uh, another texter says, it doesn't sound like it's strictly a question of finances, actually, considering your caller seems to be disproportionately more so concerned with his cheating wife's feelings and excuses and how to accommodate her return rather than respecting his, his proper feelings of having been hurt and betrayed by her. Apparently his wife seems well aware of his sacrificial sense of loyalty and concern, hence her abusing the fact. So calling it out, it could, this could very well be an abusive relationship that also needs to be. Uh, looked at and explored is he being abused emotionally and psychologically so lots of work Daniel to be done but uh, there are therapists out uh, in Montreal that uh, I'm sure would be able to help you uh, you know find the light and uh, and figure this out therapists thank you so much uh, Stefan where can people reach you psysante.ca or 514-542-6888 and Rebecca Putterman. 514-402-5526. And Sandra Reich. Helpforanxietydepression.com or 514-777-4530. Wonderful. Thank you to my wonderful panel of therapists, all great therapists. Uh, thank you so much for listening uh, to Passion, for spending your time with us, for helping out Daniel in your own little way. Thank you so much. Uh, thanks also to Aaron Lakoff, our technical producer tonight. You can connect with me on social media at Dr. Lori Batito or through my website, drlori.com. Coming up here on CJD next, uh, we bring you the CTV National News. Have a great rest of the evening and remember to live your life with passion.